What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Good afternoon and welcome to Cook Speak. This is Jeff Tom Toten. It is Monday, April 11th, 2016, they tell me. And what can I say? Uh, first off, I want to give a uh, big uh, thank you and uh, shout out to my buddies from uh, the other night, Saturday night, at the Marinick Center on Camp Warren Road for the event um, Hairpiece Pittsburgh. Uh, started by Bonnie Diver from KDK, a traffic reporter, and uh, they, uh, they raised money for uh, uh, wigs for women who are can- cancer patients. So uh, a good time was and great, great food was had by one and all the other night at the Marinick Center. I want to thank uh, my buddies there uh, who I was talking to the other night, uh, John Chamberlain from yourjagoff.com, um, Terry Dowd, uh, Parmesan Princess, and Chef David Carmine from uh, their TV show, also Between the Heats, and Chef Dan Barto from Legends of the North Shore, and Robert Mangino from KDKA, and uh, all the great folks who, uh, who I met and talked to the other night at uh, the Marinick Center. And uh, thanks for everybody coming out and all the great food, and it was just a blast. And speaking of uh, Chef David and uh, Parmesan Princess Terry, they're going to be my guests next Sunday, April 17th, uh, at 11 a.m. from the Strip District in Pittsburgh. And the very next day, a very special show with the director of the Pittsburgh Film Office, Don Teaser. Don will be my guest on Monday at noon from uh, downtown Pittsburgh. So, uh, so there are a couple guests coming up. And my special guest today from Bellevue, is my old buddy, uh, actress Sally Renner. Sally, how are you? I'm well. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, so let's see. Um, let me see. Uh, do you want to talk about, we've kicked around a few things in past shows, you know, a few weeks ago. And um, you want to talk a little, we mentioned that we were going to talk about the comics this time, the, the funny page. Yeah, the good old comics. You have some favorites or anyone you want to talk about? You know, I, well, penis, the penis, you can't oh, go on. Charlie Brown. I mean, that's a staple, and uh, as we know, um, you know, it's been a while since I picked up the old paper to read the comics, to be honest with you, but you know what? It's one of those things that, you know, no matter where you are, you can read the comics, and it'll, you know, bring you back. Yeah. There's a nostalgic about them. Right. And, of course, there is a peanut, which is the first one listed there. And we're looking at the paper exactly. there. <laughs> visual aid there. I know. How about yourself? Um, which one do you uh, sort of have a... Yeah, I've always just always been one of my favorites, yeah. uh, Charlie Ron, no question. And uh, I've always kind of tried to psychoanalyze a lot of the different characters. Exactly. Because it's been said that Charles Schultz's, uh, his alter ego was, was Snoopy. Pretty much, and he he said that you know uh, through the years, mm-hmm. Snoopy was kind of like his fun, crazy side, you know, doing mm-hmm. the Red Baron and and doing playing hockey, which which Charles Schultz did even as an adult, mm-hmm. he play hockey into his late, even his later years. He was from Minnesota originally, 
and uh, of course uh, the dynamic between uh, Lucy and Charlie Brown. Lucy being the uh, let's say more aggressive, uh, right? The assertive well, uh, female. It's interesting, and it's funny when you're an author, writer, director, whatever, filmmaker. You you know you always find in your characters there is some element of yourself, you know, which mm-hmm. is true. You know, talk about uh, Tennessee Williams. You know, many of those tragic female characters were Tennessee. Yeah, you know, what I mean? you're right. so it goes to figure that Snoopy, uh, you know, Bertal Schultz was his uh, alter ego, I should say. Yeah, it's interesting. And Linus. Linus, well, you got to love Linus. More philosophical, uh, thoughtful, yes, soulful true, yeah. character. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we can all see. Who who would you say for yourself? Uh, and then among the peanut characters. Who I would replace it? Yes. Linus. Yeah. Linus. Yeah. I think the older I get, it, it's true. Linus becomes more of a, you know, easier to relate to um, as I age. Yeah. I think he knew more than he was even telling. He knew he kind of he, knew some stuff. And he wasn't always... He's an older soul, I think. Yes, yes, he will. Kind of a uh, contemplative type. He was. He might have been like a monk later in his life or something. I don't know. Probably made the crowd out of the blanket. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. Good of it. Good of it. Then there were some of the other ones, like, uh, like Blondie and Dagwood, for instance. Right, which was a series on TV. You yeah, know, and we used to watch those movies right. too. I remember on Sundays, of course, you know, when that was you know, being produced in May, I wasn't born yet, but I, I remember as a little young person watching the old movies and watching them on TV. But yeah, the comics themselves, uh, it's Blondie and Dad was Nancy. Nancy and Sluggo, right? Nancy and Sluggo. Right. Um, what else? Beto Bailey. Beto Bailey, a blast from the past. <laughs> Which, yeah, it's been around a long time. Family Circus. Now, that seems to be oh, just a, a timeless a timeless one. And I think because it was just the one panel, it wasn't like a strip of, you know, it, you know, it was just a little tiny sort of like philosophical commentary on something. And it was like you can take it away. A lot of times you see them cut out on people's desks and, you know, the Family Circus uh, was always part of our everyday life, you know. It's like one of those things. Yeah, a little snapshot of the family's daily life that uh, usually was, was pretty funny. Yeah, always. Poignant, too. And uh, how about some of the old comics that uh, aren't around anymore, for instance, The Far Side? Far Side, we were talking about that. Yeah, I mean, what happened to those guys? I mean, I wonder really what happened to the, the writers. And yeah, the I think the guy who wrote The Far Side was uh, Eric Larson. Mm-hmm. Did that ring a bell? I think, I'm pretty sure the name was Larson. Okay. I think it was Eric Larson. And they just kind of stop running those. I don't know what happened. There were books. Or... Well, he, yeah, he quit doing it. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure why, but he stopped doing it. That was a while ago. Mm-hmm. And there's another good one called uh, Bloom County. Right. Which is by Burke Bressick with the penguin as the star. The penguin. Right. Opus. Yes. <laughs> Opus Dade. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what happened to them all? But yeah, some, some of the comics though, and then uh, I was surprised. I don't read the comics very often anymore. But I was surprised that some of them are still there, like the Born Losers, or Frank and Ernest. Right. Are still there. Well, you know, now there's so many new ones. I mean, uh, Foxtrot. I, I wasn't I'm familiar not with familiar with Foxtrot. And, well, and here, you know, we're just looking at one now, and she's, you know, a lot of the uh, technologies in this one. She's got her uh, iPhone, this character. Um, yeah. You know, and, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's Obviously, a commentary on something going on today, which is interesting. But I wonder how many kids actually pick this up and read it. 
Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. Oh, yeah. Morgan, thanks. Yeah, she got in here. Mary Worth, what was she worth? <laughs> you know, I never read Mary Worth. I never did either. I couldn't say. Yeah. A little bit. Like Rex Morgan or whatever it was. Mary Worth. Yeah. Some kind of a series. That was more like a soap opera type of thing. Bizarro. Um, yeah, I think Bizarro was kind of a knockoff of um, the far side, in my opinion. Yes, I can see how that thing is talking animals and stuff like that. Mm. Zits. There's one called Zits. Yeah, that's odd. What do you think of that? I didn't, I didn't know that. What we had was a picture of prehistoric uh, ape man and the guy riding along the water over a body of water looks like a little... Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. That's I, don't, I don't even get that. <laughs> well, it's hard to explain uh, for all you folks out there. It is a strange one. But yeah, Hagar. Hagar the Horrible. Horrible, yeah, the Viking. He's still around. The Viking. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the one I remember. Remember Ziggy? Ziggy, yeah. No, Ziggy wasn't in the newspaper, was he? Or was he? What was Ziggy about? I mean, Ziggy was that little guy who was like bald. Was that Ziggy the Pinhead? I don't know. Zippy was another guy. Another. Oh, I'm I'm confused now. Ziggy, Z-I-G-G-Y. It was a it was a definite cartoon type of thing, but I can't remember if it was in the newspaper or if it was just like a kind of uh some kind of uh, marketing. Yeah, I can't remember it. Yeah. A non sequitur, yeah, that's... Non sequitur by a while. Sometimes I get it, sometimes I don't. Yeah, see, they're getting very sophisticated now. (laughs) They used to just be easy, you know, to understand a heartfelt story, short and to the point. Panel that goes from north to south there. Very boring, yeah. Let's see, I was uh, scrolling the uh, the interwebs today and... uh, Sometimes we'll see that uh, we'll see what particular day it is. I don't think it's any particular day today. Like uh, the last one, so today it's National Free Range for Simmons. Oh yeah, there's a lot of different things um, which can be helpful if you're you know planning a lesson plan for your right. class. But like we were saying, that's true, and it can be anything. I don't know who comes up with it. Who chooses what's the national? I don't know. Class? I think they just throw up darts at a dartboard. Is that what it is? National, you know, uh, I don't know. Still, yeah, they it just it seems to be these arbitrary things. They just pick uh, a noun and a verb and, and a day, and then and then they just put it together there, because you know. it's and it seems to be something recent. I don't remember growing up and knowing when the national, you know, and well, every day we had one once in a while. You know, you know, once in a while, but not every day. No, yeah, it can become sometimes more than one theme a day. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Like National Beer Day, and it'll be a National Day of Prayer, you know. Right, that's sort of... Things don't seem really they don't seem to go well together, yeah. no. But it's true. Um, there's got to be a reason for it and a use for it. But I'm not quite sure why, but it is. Can you set up our next uh, segment while I take a short break out here? Yeah, we'll, what is our next segment? We're going to talk about our favorite establishments, fictional establishments. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fictional establishment, so something that might have been referred to in maybe a television show or um, something like that. For instance, Cheers. You know, we were talking about Cheers, and which is an actual place. But where would you want to go um, that was part of a TV show, a hangout or something where the characters would all go to that you would think to yourself, gee, I'd like to just go to where, you know, and hang out for a while and have something to have something to eat or drink. We were saying possibly, um, well, in Happy Days, which takes me back to my youth in the 70s, 
they seemed to congregate at Arnold's, which was a little uh, eatery and drive-in where you could uh, meet up with your pals, play the jukebox, uh, you know, and have a burger. Now, Al was, of course, the owner, Al Galvecchio, um, and before him, I think there was a little Chinese guy named Al, but I'm not really sure what, how that came about. What came first, Al Galvecchio or Al the little Chinese guy? If anybody knows, let us know. But um, so Al was very popular. Um, I would have to say, where else? Um, mm, Three's Company. I just, I just remember. I remember Jack, and I remember Janet and um, Chrissy meeting down at the Regal Beagle. The Regal Beagle, which was like a little bar, restaurant-type place where they would congregate, and nuttiness would ensue, uh, especially if Mr. Furley was hanging out there. Um, So the Regal Beagle, or where else? Oh, I know. I don't remember what it was called. I don't remember what it was called, but there was a restaurant that was on the Andy Griffith Show where Barney and Thelma Lou used to meet all the time. Barney and Thelma Lou? It was an Italian restaurant. And they, Italian restaurant. Yeah, I don't remember what it was called, but it had that little glass of wine, the, the, the jug of wine with the little, little, I don't know what that thing was. It was like a carafe? carafe okay. And it had a little candle in there. And, you know, it was like in the 50s, it was a little place where they used to take their dates on the Andy Griffith Show. And I always thought, boy, that would be a cute place to freak with. Wow. And yeah, I mentioned the Regal Beagle. The, oh, the Regal Beagle from three <laughs> The Regal Beagle. Well, where all the misunderstandings oh, involve yeah. themselves. Exactly. Well, usually with John Rear doing a few pratfalls. Mm-hmm. One of the better comedic actors. Uh, Gosh. He was so So good. wonderful and so young. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, where would, what, what do you think about? I mean, when you think about a place in a, in a, you know, a series or, you know. Well, this one is a little off, off the wall, I guess. But do you remember a show called Northern Exposure? Yes. Early, mid-90s? Yes. Rob Morrow, right. Steve Turner, mm-hmm. uh, John Corbett, Corbett. whatever his name was. Yeah, really good cast. Mm-hmm. Really cool mix of people, older folks, younger folks, and really talented folks. And But there was a bar there, right? a bar and restaurant in the town. Because uh, it was called Sicily, Alaska? Was that what it was That's called? where it was, yeah. yeah. And now you're mentioning it. Not and the bar was called The Brick. Right. And it was owned by Hauling and right. Shelley. Right, right, right. Now, Hauling was about 65. They were a couple. And Shelley was about 30. <laughs> right. A little bit of age difference. A little bit of it, yeah. You know, but it was just uh, a terrific That's cast of characters. Yeah. Uh, you never knew what could be a, a literary reference uh, talked about mm-hmm. or something about an old movie or something about the local scene there. But mm-hmm. it was such a well-written show, such a well Intelligently written, yeah, so you could actually relate. But it was called The Brick, and it was a really cool place. And I would, I would have hung up there, hung up there any day. Oh, yeah, totally, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, well. Um, uh, well, uh, how about uh, your kind of the taxi watches from back at the Marriott's? Oh, of course, that's right, that's right. At the end of the day. Oh, there was a place where you're going to laugh when you hear this. But I do, I was, I'm a Jack Klugman fan. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and I, of course, the old, you know, the odd, the odd couple would be the quintessential show there to see. But there was Quincy. Quincy. Now, and sometimes, you know, at the end of every episode, 
well, most episodes, they ended in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, this was right. in the marina, you know, right. Marina, right. Del, you know marina Del Rey or whatever. And, and you know, they have the shot of the exterior. And, oh. and, and I, I used to live in L.A., as you know. And I always looked for these places, you know. Yeah. And um, <laughs> even today when I watch an episode, it's been years since I lived in California or in L.A., but, you know, I think, oh, that, that that's actually another place. Once you know L.A. and you know the haunts, you, you can see an interior and say, oh, they're shooting that at Mateo's, but the exterior is, you know, down the street. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's kind of interesting, you know, Gus and, what's his name, Musso and, I can't remember, yeah. Italian restaurant in Hollywood. Anyway, it's funny. They would have these exteriors, and then you'd see the interior was a completely different place. But, yeah, it's a lot of fun to think about uh, where would you hang out? Where would you hang out? We talked about Al's, you know, on Happy Days. Yeah, Arnold. Arnold's, and then Al came later so on. So Arnold, that was my question. Right. Arnold was the little Asian guy. Yeah, Pat Morita was the actor. Right, mm-hmm. and then and then it was Al Del Vecchio who was. He was also in the autopsy. Yes, right. that's right. So that's what I was trying to get straight right. in my mind. But the uh, that was always a nice. Yeah, I Arnold, guess, of course. Yeah, can't yeah. believe Arnold out of the TV classic. Back in those days when they had the uh, drive-ins and the yeah. juke joints, you Summer know. and all that. How about another one I think was good would be uh, Catfinger Boza on Frasier. Oh, yes, yes, yes. With, with Niles and... Uh, yeah, and all those crazy antics. You know, <laughs> you see him coming in from the outside. And yeah, right. see, you know, some kind of... Visor. I love the name, too, Catfinger Boza. You know, just, just perfect. Now, that is a place I would go, for sure. Yeah. And hopefully run into them. You know, I never told you, but I did see the closing episode. The final episode of Frasier. That had to be tremendous. That was incredible. It was a long shoot. It was very yeah. close. And we How long was it? It was about three hours, which three is hours? quite as long for, yeah. you know, because they turn the shots around. And because it was the last. Did Jimmy Burroughs direct the last one? Do you remember? I don't remember, unfortunately. No, he did a lot of them. But it was. It was quite the show. What was the place on? I never was a fan of Friends. Oh, Perks. Yeah, I, uh, that's one of those shows that I tried to like mm, back in the day, and I just couldn't. I never was a myself. I find it so hard to believe. Living in New York is not that glamorous. Yeah. When you're that young and you have no money. Right. I don't know how they can afford the apartment. You know what I'm saying? Right. 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 The TV money. I guess. Oh, yeah. Joey, whatever. But, yeah, supposedly. What are there, six of them? Yeah. Oh, it was three well, females. We've been together. Yes, there's six of them. Yeah. It's friends. Yeah, but I, I was trying to like that show because everybody's like, oh, it's friends, this and that, but I yeah. just couldn't, couldn't get a handle on it. I, I couldn't either. Stupid. But and then, and then on the honeymooners, you had oh. the Moose Lodge, right? They the Moose Lodge. The oh. Moose Lodge. Oh, wait. The Moose The raccoons? The Royal raccoons? Where they had the raccoons on there? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. But with Miss Norton and Ralph in there, you know, I, I certainly had Oh, forget about it. I would love to see those guys there. Great show. The Honeymooners. Do you yeah. remember Green Acres? Green Acres? Yes. Sam Drucker's General Store. Oh, Hooterville. That's right. But the store there was Sam Drucker's General Store. Right. And, and it would interweave uh, the show Green Acres right. and the other show, Petticoat Junction. They all lived all in the same Oh, house, that's right. That's so right. The, the show with the Sam Drucker's store would be on both shows because they're both they the same both town. It's the only store in town. <laughs> yeah. And of course, the operator called Sarah, like it was in every little town <laughs> in America back in those days. And every doctor was Doc Stewart. Is that right? Yeah, Doc Stewart. That's true. I mean, I, think there's, I don't think there's any place in Mayberry I wouldn't want to go. Oh, Mayberry, absolutely. I mean, I'd love to get a haircut. Floyd. And I'd love to go to that little Italian restaurant, which I can't remember what it was called. And I just to go. 
I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they it was a diner. And it had a little red and white checkers tabletop yeah, sure. and that candle inside that wine bottle. I just remember that. Yeah, um, yeah I don't think he's the only place I wouldn't want to go in either, which is a true place. You know, I mean, that's a real place, right? Isn't that, isn't well, maybe not specifically Mayberry, but but oh, Mount Pilot. Yeah, was based on. Yeah, it's based on a real type of. Where Andy Griffith grew up, he is from North Carolina. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it just looks like, and I, I'm sure they probably keep the town as as antiquated as they can because of the show. I would imagine. It probably makes like sense a to me. Tourist attraction. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Oh, boy. The actor who played Howard Sprague was from Westview. They have this picture. That's right. And the eyes of Westview are still there. They're they're signed by the actor Jack Dodson. And a matter of fact, I I was watching a Barney Miller recently on one of those oldies channels. And Jack Dodson showed up as a guest star on Barney Miller as one of the less than stable... uh, <laughs> New York prisoners in the 12 precincts uh, on, a, on a Barney Miller episode. It's probably circa 1979 or 80, something like that. Interesting. Well, that's what I love about old TV. You know, I, I actually I was watching a, an episode of Kojak. Oh, and I got, loves it, baby. I know. I saw an episode with uh, Liza Minnelli's TV debut. Like, that was her first time on really? television. It was in the 70s, of oh, course, yeah. and she was playing, you know, Kid on the wrong side of the tracks or some type of, okay. you know, but, and yeah, Liza Minnelli uh, on Kojak. So it's so much fun to see, like, you know, you're like, wait, you got a double take and say, you know, holy crap, that's how, you know. She truly has done it all. Yeah. She did an episode of Kojak, and along with everything else she did. Yeah. She is something else. But yeah, it's kind of interesting to see young um, actors in their earlier years on these, you know, guest star roles and co-star roles and, you know, starting out new. Right. But yeah, some of the fictional places that you you, you would visit in real life. That's I think that's just Yeah, I mean there's so did many we mention cheers? We did. We did I mentioned that and yeah. um there's so many that like right now well, you, can't, you can't go there, so. you can't. It's called the Bull and Fence Stuff, right? That's the is real that what name. It's called? I'm not I think sure. the real name is the Bull and Fence I'm sure they have the word cheers plastered up there somewhere. Somewhere, there. you know. Okay. I would imagine. And, uh, Kelsey's bar on all the family projects. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. There's so many. Uh, well, speaking of the comedy, as we were, with most of those shows being comedies, a uh, book that I got, just got done reading called The Comedians, with uh, Comedians by Cliff Nesteroff. Uh, an unusual spelling of Cliff's name is K-L-I-P-H. Well, forgive me for that. This book was so good. <laughs> Nesteroff, N-E-S-T-E-R-O-F-F. And Cliff is originally from Vancouver, Canada, did stand up for a while and then moved to LA and basically has became an encyclopedia of uh, stand up comedy in America in the last century pretty much. And just a terrific book though. So it really takes you through from the vaudeville days up to the present day. And it's really, really interesting book. So if anyone out there wants a good book recommendation and make you laugh and uh, give you some some of the uh, insights and some of the uh Origins of some of these stand-up comics that are the great ones of the years, so from oh Jack Benny, uh, George Carlin, Jonathan Winters, you name them, and they, they Smothers Brothers, uh, they they show up in this book. Lenny Bruce, uh, Richard Pryor, uh, Woody Allen, and Carl Reiner, Mel Brooks. It's all through this book, and it's, it's just really really interesting stuff. So uh, check it out if you're a fan of comedy, fan of even old-time show bits too. Some of the stuff. Uh, uh, I, I certainly didn't know. It was just 
really interesting to read. But it's called The Comedians. Uh, the full title is Drunks, Thieves, Scoundrels, and the History of American Comedy. That's by Cliff Nestro. Mm-hmm. So check it out, if you will. Sound good, though? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. I was just thinking as I was looking at it, uh, you know, teams, comedy teams. Oh, yeah. You know, and, oh. and how, how much, you know, um, it helps to have a good partner. You know, we were talking earlier about having a good sidekick, you know, like right. Carson and, and McMahon. And, you know, uh, sometimes that can be all the, you know, even Dean and Martin, you know, even though Dean was, you know, straight. Guy, yeah. um, which is harder harder to do actually. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and I read somewhere, which was interesting, uh, just for the visual gag of it, because Jerry was actually taller than Dean, but in order for the duo to work better, they cut off the heels of Jerry's shoes. Is that right? So that they, so that Dean would look more because he was like the handsome, yeah, right. straight, you know? okay. and then Jerry was like this little pipsqueak of a guy, but he really wasn't. He was actually much taller, and he kind of wore the pants in the relationship. <laughs> In the sense that, you know, he kind of called the shots and all that. Well, he was a control freak, let's say. He was. But I I think it's interesting that, you know, even when I was in L.A. and I, you know, I met with Gary Marshall and I was, like, trying to come up with some ideas Mm -hmm. for, you know, just writing. And and he gave me some advice and, you know, he told me what to do and how to do it. And he always said, you need a good partner. Mm -hmm. And I never really found that. You know, I'm not sure if I could have done it by myself. I mean, because there are successful people who go solo and, and are able to make it. But if you are going to partner up, it is really such a delicate thing. You've really got to yeah. make sure, you know, I'm sure that both probably touches on a lot of the duos and, you know, trios gotcha. groups, you know, the comedian table, as they called it, uh, you know, just throwing ideas back mm-hmm. and forth. You know what I mean? You just have to make sure you're around people that you complement each other. But you have to click. It either clicks or pretty much. Right. Well, I know that Marshall worked with... Uh, for a few times, they've done some movies too with, uh, I don't know, on Happy Days. So they made them where they started out with Lowell Gans and uh, Babalu Mandel. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just to say the name, Babalu Mandel, oh, that's, that's fun right there. Right, right, right. But because uh, I believe they uh, they wrote uh, City Slickers, I believe. Mm-hmm. They wrote that. Yeah. And among other movies. I think maybe even uh, the baseball movie with Tom Hanks, uh, A League of Their Own. But yeah, League of Their Own. Yeah, I do remember seeing that name on the credits. But I think they they started, I believe, as a team on Happy Day. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. Mm-hmm. That is right. But uh, well, speaking of Gary Marshall, they're doing another version of The Odd Couple on TV with Matthew Perry and the other gentleman, Thomas uh, Lennon, hmm. L-E-N-N-O-N. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he, Thomas Lennon was on that uh, Vegas show from a few years ago, uh, Vegas Nine One One. With a cop show, it was mm-hmm. like a race cop show on, on Comedy Central. It was pretty, oh, pretty I remember, fun. it was like a spoof of the yeah, yeah, yeah. About the cops there, right. it was pretty funny. And I think that's the same guy, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, Gary Marshall uh, does some guest appearance here. Okay. On, on, and I know that from that team straight. But just from seeing a little bit of Matthew Perry on Stephen Colbert recently, mm-hmm. he was talking about that. He said, yeah, we thought he would just show up here and there, you know, but he comes in for table readings and everything else. Oh, he's really involved. Well, let's face it. What else is he going to do now? Well, he can call his own shot. Exactly. How do you feel about remakes and revivals and, and you know, that type of thing? Uh, like with the odd couple. I would have never thought to touch that with a 10 foot pole. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I think sometimes, I think it just depends. Uh, for instance, uh, I'm still, when I think of the Pink Panther, I think of Peter Sellers. 
and, right. and, it, and it's cool stuff. But I think that's one of the most. Mm-hmm. It's just as chaplain esque and it's brilliant. So I, I, whenever he would come on the screen, when I was watching, I used to, when I first time I saw it, the kid in the seventies on TV, a few years after it came out in the theaters, and I would I couldn't breathe because I was mm-hmm. laughing so hard right. because this guy's brilliant. Right. So they, he could do so much. The range of characters. I mean, oh. he can do an Indian. I mean, he can do anything. I mean, he can do any accent. Any he was just brilliant. He really. He he was absolutely brilliant, and they yeah. just did it. He just made it look so easy. So when Steve Martin came out with that, which you know we know he he did remake this. Right. He made the. What do you think of that? You know what? I to this day I haven't you do seen. It. <laughs> I don't know it's yeah, I know it's Tank, and, uh, and I'm the biggest Steve Martin fan in the world. You know, I saw him almost 40 years ago, and I saw you know, it's yeah. brilliant. And I think Kevin Klein was even in the movie, another terrific, certainly comedic actor too. There's mm-hmm. Wanda and right. Kevin Klein do anything. Another hilarious movie was uh, the one about the pizza man, where Tracy Ullman was trying to kill him. That who was that called? Uh, oh, I love you to death. Love you to death. death. Yes, yes, it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, I was in that too. But I, to this day, I haven't seen There's it. so many. I know they're do, redoing Ghostbusters with an all female. Yes. And how do you yes. feel about that? I mean, because those are some of my favorite, like... Well, well strangely enough, I haven't seen it. I can't believe I haven't seen it. Right? Oh, no! I've seen uh, parts of it. I've seen parts of it, but I've never... Okay, I'll let I've you know. never sat down with <laughs> it. Is it one of your favorites? It is. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe because of Bill Murray. Bill Murray's in it, yeah. so I can't. But this is the thing. I don't know. I mean, I think that, like, something should be left alone. Like, the Willy Wonka movie, which was one of my favorite actors. Why would they, you know? And I saw both. And, of course, I'm a huge fan of Gene Wilder Mm -hmm. and the original. But, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know why. Something should just be left in the... uh, Yeah, and I don't know how to choose which ones should or should. I know. That's the thing. And how do people do it? How do you say, well, let's remake... I don't even know. What would you like? <laughs> well, of course, they did it with The Wizard of Oz at right. eight different times. The so Broadway shows mm-hmm. and movies and The Wizard of Broadway show and the movie. And, yeah, okay, whatever. I don't know. Something should just be. Yeah, it's something that's just almost sacred to us, you know, and it's just Peter Watson does it. Right. You know? But uh, what else? Uh, Oh, um, with movies, uh, doing comedy in movies, I think uh, really it needs what's out there now at the risk of sounding like from another era, which I guess is the way I am. Mm-hmm. But it seems like so many of it, so much of it now is just rep- uh, repetition. Mm-hmm. Even if you like that kind of humor, and some of it I do, and mm-hmm. some, some I don't. But it just seems to be it's just something so harder much and harder. Yeah, just to think outside of the the box of what. Yeah, I think the comedies used to be more varied. Comedic uh, movies. There was, well, for instance, Inspector Clouseau, and then you, right. you would have a like a Woody Allen comedy in the seventies. Well, it was I, very different. When you think about comedy. what was successful, when you think about mm-hmm. what was successful and why it was successful, I think the key is the character. Mm-hmm. Character, because the you know, which is what. You know, um, uh, Pink Panther. Um, that's what he was doing with all of those. He was creating characters. Those were sort of the kernel of everything. If you don't have good character, you can have brilliant writers. But yeah. if you don't have characters that we want to hook into and we care about, mm-hmm. or we think are interesting or funny, then I, for me, anyway. I mean, I'm not. You know, 
I'm not speaking for anybody else, but I just feel like that is what I am. I, you know, you know, even in Jerry Lewis movies, you know, there was a there was an element to his characters that were that were heart wrenching. You know, because mm-hmm. they were desperately trying to do something good or yeah. better or be successful or get the girl or do, do well at the job, and and we all have that underdogginess, and, yeah. and it's appealing. But when they just write for the sake of, you know. It's just, I don't know. For me, character's everything. You know, when I would write something, I would start with character. And then put that, once you have this strong character, you put them into situations. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, oh, can you imagine this character at the DMV? You know, or this right. character at the, you know, on a first date. I don't know, whatever the situation is. But you have to start with, I think, that. Like Lenny and Squiggy, you know. I'm, oh. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. the name. Just hear those names. Well, well, and they got you. You have a complete memory, sense, memory of that. What they did, the posturing, what those two guys were able to do. Hello. <laughs> and the timing. You know, they were just talking about some vile thing. No, so right. it's like, oh, it's like from the bottom of my shoe, and it opens the wall out. Absolutely brilliantly fine. Simple, but, but and invented at CMU where they were both the students. They right. we used to do the characters at parties. They would, they would do these filthy routines. Right. And then when they brought these characters, they brought the Gary Marks and said, well, obviously we've got to clean this up. You know, we got to get these characters into this show. Mm-hmm. You know? But that's the thing. I mean, when I said that, you immediately went right to it. Oh. And that's because of the strength of that and the character. So, I mean, I think that's what's lacking. And, you know, even in the You know, when you think to yourself, oh, you know, you walk away thinking, you know, I, I really care about that character, or I love when they come. You know, I'm waiting the whole show to see, yeah. at, you know, whomever, and that's what the, where the beauty is, I think. Um, and, and you can say that for so many TV shows from the 70s, and and even in you know, even like Seinfeld was one of the last great yeah. character-driven, you know. Yeah. Series, which you know, I think to myself, why was that successful? Because you couldn't wait for Kramer to come yeah. down through the room like a nut, you know, and and he was based on a real guy. Yeah, oh yeah, Jenny but, Kramer. Yeah. I don't know. I think I always think that that's the best way to start if you, you know, just with create creating something when it comes to selling TV, and you've got to be got to be strong. Yeah, when the, when the characters are that strong. And they 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 say they say something, and you just it just clicks in your mind like yes, that's what that character would say, yeah. that's what they would do, because everything else has been so consistent with either that craziness or that mm-hmm. uh, just uh, no sense of logic or uh, or place in society. Let's say something. You know, the old fish out of water, mm-hmm. uh, one of the oldest things in comedy, but it can still be really funny. Yeah, speaking of fish out of water, A's the Goda. Oh, yeah. So recently. Wasn't right. that recently, recently? Yeah, a few months ago, yeah. But that was another one. I mean, he actually had, well, he started on, did he start on Dusty? Or no? He started on Barney Miller. Barney Miller, I'm yeah. sorry. And then he was on TV. We are on TV. Yeah, yeah. spin off this, right? But there, there again, it's like these, and, and sort of Lord Michael tries to help cultivate those with, with some of the stuff he, he puts, regurgitates back out there, you mm. know, for like movies, like, um, you know, Molly Shannon's. The Catholic girl, you know, oh, uh, very uh, so we had that movie based on, and those work, but they can get to be careful because they can get like, oh, okay, how much of this can I take? Yeah, right. <laughs> but you know, he's a good example of trying to uh, make those things happen, mm-hmm. you know, in, in in a bigger, in a bigger way. Well, speaking of Lauren Michaels too, I uh, mentioned before we, we did the show, started the show. 
was that Lowell Michaels going to be producing a variety show coming up mm-hmm. and uh, has two of our favorites on there, uh, Martin Short, of course, and uh, Maya Rudolph from, a, a, well, they're both us and alums, but right. Maya Rudolph and Martin Short on a variety show. I love it. Not even soup. Oh, can you imagine the rehearsal? I'm surprised. I mean, I'm a fan of Maya Rudolph, but I would think for 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 I know I know she's getting up there. She has her own series right now with uh, Jake uh, Jane Fonda is Lily Tomlin. Oh yeah. I mean, she's more you know she's older, more seasoned, but Maya's great as well. But I could see like you know some of the resurrecting some of the older comedians yeah. which are out there still um, trying to give them a you know, a little bit of something to chew on. Mm. But, yeah, that should be really interesting. And, you know, even to see who they bring on as, like, guests, you know. Oh, on that the should be show. tremendous. Like, guest stars on there. Yeah, that would be great. It would be like the old Carol Burnett show where oh. she'll be announcing the, uh, yeah. the guest stars. And my special guest star tonight is, you know, Jim Neighbors or uh, Steve, Stephen Eady, you know. Stephen Eady. They were on all those, they were on all those <laughs> shows back then. Sonny and Cher. And, right. Dean Martin and Tonight Show and uh, Carol Burnett. Uh, <laughs> Bonnie and Marie. What was that? It's still out there. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Maya Rudolph and Martin. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Hopefully, they'll give that show a chance. I, like, I, I think they will because Lauren Michaels being the producer, I think oh, it'll get its, its fair share. Right. And you think about all the actors, comedians, whatever, uh, associated with Lauren Michaels, but, you know, pretty much all the SNL cast. Uh, we could get those guys um, on the show, which would be great. I mean, now that he's getting so big, but, um, oh, isn't it awful? I can't remember. Don't he still on there? No, but he went on to, uh, <laughs> isn't it awful? Elf. You know, who played that? Oh, uh, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. I mean, maybe they'll, they'll bring him back. Oh. He's, he's, he's <laughs> these biggies from the back in the day, you know. Oh, Will Ferrell could do anything, and I thought he's just one of the funniest human beings on the planet. It's absolutely hilarious. Well, speaking of SNL, yeah. did we ever talk about how it actually, the show actually got started back in the day and why it got started? You you know more about this than I do. Um, tell Okay. Here's what happened. is that Back in, uh, I guess it was around 74, 73, 74, the NBC on the weekends was showing... Carson reruns, and they called it the best of Carson. Mm-hmm. Well, Johnny Carson didn't like that. Mm-hmm. He thought that, you know, this is eventually going to eat into my ratings for the real shows, Monday through Friday, and it kind of makes me look like uh, I'm the late, late show at 3 in the morning. Uh, so he, he didn't like that. You know, Carson was like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to you know, re, re-up again on a contract just to keep doing this the Sunday night show, best of Carson, Saturday night. So Carson wasn't happy. So NBC, of course, wants to keep Johnny Carson happy, which was a good idea. So they commissioned uh, Lauren Michaels to come up with the type of variety shows. Mm-hmm. He was already doing something like that in Canada. Mm-hmm. He had a partner in Canada. I think his last the guy's last name was Pomerantz, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lauren, I thought it was something like that, but I, I'm not. Remember, I read about it in the book I mentioned earlier, The Comedians by Cliff Nestor. Cliff spelled K-L-I-K. But so that's how Saturday Night Live got its start, was with Carson being unhappy about that. I know that. And so they said to, and even before that also, um, Lauren Michaels worked on uh, Rowan and Martin's Laughing, was a writer on that. 
second producer, things like that. That's how the show got to start. We need some material for Saturday. Did you say that was Muppets or Puppets? Is yeah, the Muppets were actually on a regular on the show, I guess, almost like a cast member, really. Uh, and I, I believe, I don't think they even survived the first full season. But mm-hmm. I think it was the first half of the first season, mm-hmm. and they would do these sketches that would feature the Muppets, which kind of didn't really yeah. go every week, and it just didn't, didn't fit in, really. I got, I'm guessing it might have eventually you know, 86 but, yeah, they were a part of the show at the beginning. That is interesting. Yeah. And then, of course, they love the Muppets because they became Muppets. Muppets were you know, the Muppets, absolutely. And then they went back to PBS, and now they're on HBO. That's right. But, yeah, the first SNL was uh, was George Carlin. George Carlin hosted the first wow. SNL, October of 75. Have you seen him? Have you, have you seen him live? Yeah, I saw him live twice. Uh, 78 at the Stanley Theater. Oh, the Stanley Yeah, Stanley <laughs> Theater. A lot of smoke in the air that night. <laughs> yeah. Friday night, June June 9, 1978, and I saw him in 2001, and I saw him twice. Interesting. And he was absolutely brilliant, just yeah. absolutely fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, George hosted the first one. I don't think he ever did another one. That was it, huh? Yeah. Interesting how these things come about and how they evolve. I mean, I know Tracy Allman started on The Simpsons, right? Wasn't she? She did on her show. The other way around. The other way around. Yeah. She had her show, and right. they were featured on her show, right. and then boom. That's how the so, system. No, I know. You just never know. Yeah. It's a little idea. Uh, uh, Tracy Oh my God, what a brilliant show that was. We haven't heard much from her. Well, the last I heard from her was she had a show on one of those channels that I don't get, like either uh, Showtime or Star. Okay. One of those specials. One of her specials, yeah. Yeah, because I think she won an Emmy for it a couple of years ago. Yeah, and I remember tuning into it, and I... It was good. I think that I, I liked her earlier ones better. Mm-hmm. Um, she had one called Tracy Takes On, and she would sort of take on certain oh, I've heard subjects. Of yeah, I've heard of that. You know, charity. Mm-hmm. She'd take a theme, and then she'd write you know, sketches on that okay. theme, so then they were all about charity, you know, you know, whatever. I think she took the seven virtues or something, and, you know, she turned them into little sketches, which was, is a really good structure for uh you know, a comedy show and some ideas for writing. But, you know, she, her thing, too, against the characters. Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> I mean, transformative. I, I, yeah. And she could do the physical comic, too. Really good. Uh, yeah. I saw her in New York shopping. Did you really? When I lived there. Yeah. I'm kidding. She was uh, in a store where I was working, and I, I have to say, I wasn't always starstruck, but mm-hmm. I think that comic geniuses, they they do they 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 give me the old rubber legs. <laughs> she's one, yeah. and of course you know Mark Short. But yeah, she was just so sweet and so gracious. And she was shooting a movie at the time called Small Time Crooks, which was Woody Allen. Oh, I've heard of it. They were, the, they were just rapping, and um, she was very sweet. She actually gave me her card and autographed yeah, it, yeah. and uh, I give her a picture and resume. But at the time. Anything could have happened. That film wrapped and they were done. But mm-hmm. she was very gracious. And oh, that, that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah, nice person. Always been a fan. Oh yeah, and it's always nice when you when you uh, meet somebody of that you know caliber or mm-hmm. you know famous person and and they don't disappoint you. Yeah. With the kind of person they are. Yeah. Right. Um, I remember. I think I might have told you this story when I was at a red light. I was on Beverly Boulevard in California, in Los Angeles. Pulled up to uh, the red light and I look over. To my uh, my my right, and I see Steve Martin. <laughs> I think I told you. This. <laughs> so I see Steve Martin. Steve Martin sees me, see him. Yes. And then I turned away, 
Right. And I thought, okay, that's cool. That's Steve Martin. And then I, before the light changed, I just thought, I, I just didn't know who was And he has on a baseball cap and sunglasses. So, I mean, like, yeah. well, it's already done. What did he think I was going to do? You know, get in the yeah, car right. start doing the King Tut's driver, you know, <laughs> telling me the wild and crazy guy. Yeah, right. I don't know, but, you know, some people just get, they get nervous. But, yeah, um, yeah it's interesting when you meet one that is really cool and nice and, Oh yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's it. I mean, uh, some of them. Well, we mentioned uh, Tracy. Uh, Tracy Ullman. back on her old show. Did you ever see a sketch and Steve Martin that she did with Steve Martin, where he was a, a dance instructor? No. Did you ever get with, with YouTube or whatever? I'll check it out. And it is just a hilarious. It's, talk about physical comedy. Those two, both of them doing physical comedy. I can't comedy. even imagine him as this dance instructor. Given these insane directions for these these moves, these dance moves. Uh-huh. One is, is one part of it. This is called skin the duck. You know, skin the duck, skin the duck, and then he makes these crazy moves. <laughs> and it's called part of you tongue, part of you tongue, part of you tongue. <laughs> it is absolutely hilarious. You can find it on YouTube. I will. I'll Tracy Ullman and Steve Martin. Yeah, the dance the dance one. Okay, good. Good to know. So That's the beauty of, you know, one thing about YouTube. You know what? You can for nostalgia, which was another one of her themes of our shows, Tracy Ullman, uh, you know, you can just, like, think about what would you remember that was just so, that gave you such a good feeling that was so funny. It could have been a commercial. could have been an episode of Taxi. It could have been a stand-up comedian that you loved back in the day. And you can find it on YouTube. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a little Clearly. bit, you know, it's overwhelming that you can do that sometimes to me. I'm like, you can search your mind for the, the most, you know, what, what would you just want to see right now? And then it is. It's out there somewhere. It's Somebody has it from their VHS tape, downloaded and digitized. I'm old enough to remember when if you missed the big TV show, you missed it. Right. God. Which I missed. You know that 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 like sense of urgency. Yeah. Got to see this. And that that they valued the product. You know, like it was like if you missed oh, yeah, it. Right. Uh, well, I like do award shows. So you can see it once once a week. You like, know. like sometimes they'll talk about when a show ends now, and they'll, they'll compare it to like say like the last episode of Mash. Which was a huge deal. It was such a big deal that I had to work that night, right? And I believe it was a Tuesday night, Monday or Tuesday night, whatever, 1982, I believe it was, So I have to work. So I took a portable TV to work. No, you didn't. And I was such a big time chef and everything they let me do. <laughs> we knew because we knew we'd be slow that night. Because it had to be right? It would be slow. It was early in the week, Monday or Tuesday. I can't think of any show right now that I would have to, you know, well, you don't need to, but, like, let's say you didn't have access to that. Yeah. You can watch it later. Right. There's nothing that, you know, yeah. I would need to that's say. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good Oh, point. gee, I missed. I can't even name a show. I don't even know any shows. Yeah, right. I don't have a TV. Did I tell you that? <laughs> this whole thing, you know. But, no, it's true. There was something about that that time element yeah. of tuning in, that if you miss, you know, I remember Wizard of Oz, you know, was on one, well, you know, a certain time of year. Yeah. And for me, you know, the Jesus of Nazareth, that three days right. before Easter, mm-hmm. my aunt would come over. The family got together. We like watched that. the three nights, the three, you know, the three episodes. Ten of Commandments. The Ten Commandments. That's a really bad one, though. <laughs> we didn't tune into that one. I don't know. The Red Sea. The Catholic Tricker was on Yeah. Well, you know, it just goes to show you. I mean, there's something about preservation of, you know, this stuff. It's just like, you know, when you're when you're inundated with it and, you know, you can see it any time, it takes away the, 
the the holiness of, of actually sitting down with the family and watching a television mm-hmm. show together. I don't know. We just used to do that. And I remember the nights of the week. I remember the, oh, the yeah. Tuesday night lineup. You know, sure. we happy to the Vernon Joy Three's company, Too Close for Comfort. I mean, <laughs> that was it. Yeah. That was CBS, I believe. ABC. I don't that was, know. That was ABC. ABC. Yeah. ABC. So, you know, I mean, it was just like, we don't, you know. Well, the Saturday night on CBS was, was pretty hard to be, too. You had all in the family, Matt, <sighs> Maud, Bob Newhart, Mary Tyler Moore, and uh, Carol Burnett. Mm. You remember that lineup, like, like, like you can rattle it off like you can uh-huh. the Hail Mary. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's I, I mean, you do have a lot of space for these details. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Charitably put. Not everybody, you know, but but that also is a sense memory of it. It was part of growing up. It was part of your youth, you know. You quote the lines the next day at school and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember coming home now. I mean, I didn't watch the soap operas, but I remember getting off. I remember walking home from school and at that time, you know, we'd walk in the door and we could hear mm. Days of Our Lives mm. or Another World. Sounds and, and it's just, you know, mom was making dinner and <laughs> we were a family together in the kitchen and, you know, I don't know. There's just something about it that I don't see exists today. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And it's just so much of uh, today's daily life is so fragmented. Yeah. Like soccer practice and lacrosse practice and you know, just being busy, and uh, sometimes you just got to unplug and just uh, slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. At least a little bit. A little bit. As De Niro would say. A little bit. A little bit. You told him a little bit. You did. You did. As he would squint and turn his head sideways, like, oh, Bobby can. Right. Just the biggies like me, of course, they and Marty can call him Bobby. Marty and Bobby. Maybe Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Hmm. But, uh uh, well, I'm about to wrap it up. So, anything else you want to mention before? We no, well, we're talking about award shows. Oh yeah, award shows. I just right. wanted to say briefly yeah. before we have to wrap it up. I uh, I have on a VHS tape the first annual MTV Awards. The first. This was the year Thriller came out. No kidding. And I just oh, wanted, it was it was really good. It was the first time we saw Madonna in a mm-hmm. wedding dress rolling around the stage or whatever. <laughs> and MTV. <laughs> Huge. Oh, Thomas Dolby and Fire. But the funny thing was, they didn't have a lot of videos yet. Really, people weren't oh. even on board. So, but Thriller was so big. I oh, mean, yeah. it was it was kind of a joke. Thriller as Thriller because the whole show carried. when there was like when there was like a dull moment, it just it it, it ran for every little category. You know, yeah, Thriller, right. and it won every single category. But that, and of course, Herbie Hancock's Rocket, which was yeah, yeah. a little big deal. Yeah. But I just wanted to say that after, and, and I have videotape it because, of course, you know, we didn't have, you know, back to that whole thing. Yeah. I mean, and I still have the VHS. Okay. But, you know, it doesn't mean anything because I can go on YouTube and see the whole episode, if I, I mean, the whole, uh, the whole award show if I wanted because somebody out there put it on there. Oh, before. yeah. But it's just interesting. It's yeah, um, the award shows are really going south. Yeah, there's just too many of them. First of all, there's way too many of them, and it's just uh, ten minutes after an award show ends, you know, there's another one. You know, it, it was, <laughs> and who cares? Is that going to make you buy the record? Oh, I just dated myself. Record. <laughs> another record. Record. Oh, those seventy-eight. Let me tell you. Oh my gosh. Got to wind that baby up. Oh, that's a baby. <laughs> <sighs> so I guess that'll wrap it up for. Um, the uh, Tom and Sally show here for the what a good second time in a few weeks. We'll do one in the next few weeks, sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. All right, cool. So just a reminder, folks, uh, thanks for listening today. 
and listen on uh, Sunday, 11 o'clock, for um, my special guests, uh, the stars of the TV show Between the Eats, um, Parmesan Princess Terry Dow and Chef David Carmine. And on Monday, for another special Monday show of Cook Speak, I'm going to have the director of the Pittsburgh Film Office on, Don Teaser, who will be my special guest from downtown Pittsburgh next Monday, that is the 18th of April. April, yeah. Still April, yeah. Come up with a time, coming. So that'll be uh, Don Teaser on Monday at noon on uh, April 18th, Monday. I think I said nothing. I did. Okay. Thanks to Sal once Thanks, again. Tom. And uh, see you on Saturday. Thanks for listening, folks. Bye. Bye.